Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where you'll get the tools you need to master your money, marketing, and your motivation. I'm your host, Haley Luckadoo, the money and marketing coach, motivational speaker, and huge Dr. Pepper lover who is on a mission to connect you with women who are incredible at what they do with the hope that you will leave inspired, educated, and motivated to create the life that sets your soul on fire. If one of your goals for 2020 is to rock your email marketing, then girl, I've got just the thing. Email marketing used to be a pain point for me because I have tried every platform out there. Now I use Flowdesk, a new platform that is changing the email marketing game. I could tell you a thousand reasons why I'm obsessed with Flowdesk, but you'll have to see for yourself. You will fall in love with the beautiful templates, easy to use interface, and having unlimited everything. That's right. If you get on board right now, you get unlimited subscribers, emails, workflows, and forms for life. And the best part, if you enter code Haley, you get all of this for only $19 a month. Again, for life. Seriously, just enter code H-A-Y-L-E-Y and you'll lock in a $19 a month subscription for an unlimited amount of everything Flowdesk has to offer for life. That's an unbeatable deal for your business and your peace of mind. 2020 is the year to change your email marketing. So head to Flowdesk, enter code Haley, and make it your best year in business yet. Welcome back, Females on Fire. We've got another amazing guest for you today. And I am just so excited about this episode because I am a speaker myself, and I know how difficult and daunting it can be sometimes to step into the speaking industry or add speaking to your business. So I'm so excited to introduce my guest for today and have her share all of her amazing tips. So today I am talking with Jessica Rasdell and she is a motivational speaker, the author of Shattered Lessons of Survival and Strength, the host of the Speak to Scale podcast, and the public speaking strategist for business owners. She partners with entrepreneurs to scale their business with public speaking. Jessica has shared her story of turning her mess into a message for over 14 years and has been featured on major international media outlets such as ABC's 2020, Katie Couric, The Guardian, MTV, Netflix, and many more. Recognized as a winner of 20 on the Rise, Jessica has worked with hundreds of small business owners to craft powerful stories that connect with their audience and convert from the stage. You guys, she does so much. Like this woman is absolutely amazing. So phenomenal. She's already got all the accolades she needs, but I'm going to give her some more because she's so great and she knows her stuff. She knows what it takes to add speaking to your business in a way that's actually going to grow your business or create brand awareness. And those are the things that we're talking about today is how you can either get started with speaking or if you're already a speaker, but you just really want to up your game and make sure that you're doing it in the best way possible for your business, then these tips are for you too. So I know you guys are going to love Jessica, but I am telling you ahead of time, you better get out your notebooks and get ready to take some serious notes because she is dropping so many gems today. You're going to love it. So let's go ahead and dive in. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. I'm excited too. I think this is going to be a fun topic. I know a lot of our listeners, this is something they really want to do or want to add to their business, but they're just not sure how to get started. So I think you're going to answer a lot of burning questions today. Uh, but before we dive into all of that, can you just tell everybody a little bit about you, how you got into business and what that journey has really looked like? 
Yeah. I don't have the journey like most people. I didn't, you know, give up some awesome corporate job because I was super brave and I wanted to go out on my own mission. I wish that was my story, but it's not at all. Um, I was the college freshman who was on a business scholarship. I've, I've always had the heart for business. Like there was no denying that. I just didn't know what it was going to look like and how it would play out. I assumed that men, I would you know, take the corporate job and go on and get my master's and do what everybody said I should do. But my freshman year of college, I made a decision um, that resulted in the death of my best friend in a car accident instantly. She was killed in my passenger seat and I almost lost my own life. So overnight, I went from worrying about midterms and what I was going to major in and, you know, all of this stuff that felt so important the day before. And now I was just worried about how was I going to wake up every day knowing that this was blood I could not wash off my hands. And now I was facing 10 and a half to 15 years in prison for her death. It was like instantly all plans were gone. And I was... I had just graduated from high school at this point. So I was a baby, like looking back at this, I'm like, I was so young, but I just could not get over the fact that I made it out of the car and she didn't. Something there just didn't sit well with me. And it was about to be prom time at the high school I had just graduated from. And I reached out and I asked, could I come speak to the students? I have no idea what I'm going to say but I know I'm supposed to be in that room. And I felt that if I could just share with them about the story, our story and the decisions we made that night, hopefully somebody in that room wouldn't repeat my mistake. And the impact that I witnessed was life-changing and it lit a fire in me. And I just started speaking anywhere and everywhere I could. I traveled the country speaking to over 15,000 kids in two years before I was sentenced to four years in prison. And when I came home and I started my life over, I just didn't know who Jessica was anymore. I was the girl in the accident. Like that's who I had just become. And I kept trying to like start over, but something just kept pulling me back to speaking that I just, that's where I had found the purpose, but I knew that I was no longer the girl waiting to go to prison. I was now the woman who made it out the other side and my story had to change. And that part was hard. You know, I'd, I'd gotten really good at sharing this one story and now I had to completely rewrite it. Um, and I, that throughout that journey, I opened up a coaching practice and I thought I was going to focus on helping people share their difficult stories, but that heart for business ownership was still there. So I found myself drawn to business owners, knowing we're you know supposed to be visible and share all these parts of our lives, but there's a lot that we can keep private. And I was really good at sharing a painful story in a way that protected my heart, but served someone else. And then I went to my first conference, my first industry conference. And I was speaking and I was a nervous mess. I'd been speaking for over a decade, but I felt like, who am I in this room of incredible women who are running these amazing businesses? And I saw it. I realized that these incredible business owners had no idea how to translate their genius to a message on the stage. I realized very quickly that they were so good at their craft, but nobody was showing them how to take that message and deliver it from the stage. And that's when everything shifted and I pour, I like burned down my business essentially and went all in on helping small business owners figure out what their message is, figure out how they can share it in a way that grows their business, delivers a transformation for their audience, but doesn't overextend themselves or overshare because yeah, that, that's not what I saw. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, sorry. I just dumped that. No, on you. <laughs> no. I love, this is what I love about this part of these shows is getting to hear these like real raw behind the scenes stories that goes so far beyond the, the bio that we read for you at the top of the show. Right. But I got chills, like as you were speaking, which I know as a speaker is like exactly what you want. Thank right? you. Um, <laughs> I, I got chills. And, but one thing you said in all of that, that really just stood out to me was you said, 
you know, I wasn't this person anymore. I was the woman that came out the other side of it. And I think that that line right there is exactly why I started this show. It's a hundred percent, like just wanting to tell those stories of women who have overcome something. And I love that you, you started out saying, I don't have, I didn't have a traditional, you know, <laughs> flow into entrepreneurship and, and I didn't either. I didn't do the corporate job thing and all that. So I, I kind of relate to you there. My story was not as, um, interesting <laughs> as yours, I think, <laughs> but, um, I just, I love hearing these stories and I, I feel like I say this every episode, but I just love getting to hear all the, the differences, but then also the similarities of how we got into entrepreneurship and how these women like you are doing incredible things now because they felt that, that little bit of a pull. They felt that little bit of like a calling, like I'm meant to do this. And I'll be so honest, a big part of that wasn't just calling. That's just the part I shared because it sounds better. <laughs> a big part of it was I had a lot of doors slammed in my face. I did. I had every, I kept trying to pick up the pieces and start over. But as somebody who was rebuilding their life from something so dark, people didn't want to deal with that. And they didn't want to let me back into school. They didn't want to, like, there were just so many different things. And um, I think it would have been, I understand why people get stuck in those cycles. And I understand why people have a hard time rebuilding after because the the world is not, does not give you an easy path, but got to have a little bit of that stubborn inside, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that where you, I don't, may not know what the final destination looks like, but it's there and I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. I heard a speaker say one time, no stands for new opportunity. And I thought that was so interesting because, you know, we get so focused on the, the doors that get slammed in our face. And I think, you know, to me, cause I've, I've walked through hard. I think we all have, we've all walked through hard things. Right. But that's what the hard things is what got me into entrepreneurship. Um, so that's kind of the one similarity I, I found in your story to mine. And it's just, you know, when you, when you're looking back and you know, like those hard things are what got me here and are, you know, gave me this job or gave me this family or gave me this, whatever, it's really easy for you going forward to when you hear a no go, oh, that must mean there's something better coming. And so I think, you know, if you can get in that place where you're you know, you're looking at the nose that way, it all becomes a little bit easier to take. And not that it's ever like easy, right? We don't want to be told no, but I think if you can get that, that perspective shift of saying there must be something better meant for me down the road and then still stick with it. I think so many business owners, they hear the nose and they let it get to them so much. And then, you know, they don't try anymore. They give up. And I think that's why we see small businesses, you know, really crash and burn after their first year or their first three years. It's just because a lot of people give up and that's not always the case, but it's the case a lot of the time. So kudos to you for Thanks. just like trudging forward and saying, no, I'm going to do this. I got this. I think that's, that's, there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. I was honestly, for me, I always, I definitely a little stubborn. A lot of people wanted to see me fail and I'd be lying if I didn't say I wanted to prove them wrong, but yeah. more importantly for me, the thing that just stayed echo in my mind was knowing like Laura didn't get a second chance. She doesn't get to quit. She doesn't get to throw in the towel and how I, how dare I do that? Like how dare I throw away a second chance? Um, and that's, that's just really has kept me focused on ignoring those no's and the slam doors and just moving forward. Yeah. You have a why. I mean, you have a why, a reason to keep moving forward. And I think when you have a why, nothing's going to stop you. Like you're always going to find another way. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm getting you off on a tangent here <laughs> on what we were supposed to talk about, but I feel like this is, there's so much power in that conversation. We may have to have you back just to, to talk about this. I, I love conversations like this, but let's dive into that that speaking aspect, because I know that's mm -hmm. why our listeners are tuning in and I want to answer all of those questions that I know they have about getting into speaking and adding that to their business. And I know it's not always an easy thing. So I'm excited to hear your expertise on this. So can we just start with 
what exactly makes for a good speaker? I know a lot of people are like, oh, I would love to do that, but I'm, I can't, I'm not going to be good at it, or I'm afraid to get on stage or I'm afraid to do whatever. So what is it that makes a good speaker and how can they really prepare to add that to their business? I love this question. And just to say, like, you know, my story now, there's no, there's no secrets here. So you know that everything I'm about to tell you of speaking is so near and dear to my heart. Like I live and breathe this every day and I know the value, I know the difference you can make in people's lives from the stage. So I'm not here to tell you just go do X, Y, Z and you'll make more money because I've got nothing invested into that, but I am here to tell you do X, Y, Z and you're going to make a huge difference which results in a whole lot of money. (laughs) Um, So when it comes to speaking, I think it's, it's really easy to put big blanket statements on it and say, this is who it's good for. These are the type of businesses it works for. Um, If you do X, Y, and Z, it will work for you. And that's not actually the case at all. Um, The biggest mistake we make as business owners when it comes to speaking is looking at it as a goal we want to achieve and something that we want to check off. And, you know, it's on my vision board for this year. I've got it in my, what are they called? Power sheets. <laughs> and it's not a goal to achieve. Speaking is a skill set that you want to work to strengthen as a business owner. And all of us, no matter what type of work you're in, no matter how long you've been in business, I would challenge you to say you should be working on speaking because it's how you communicate with your audience. It's how you can show up and serve them and being able to do it in a clear, concise way that drives them to take action. Now that action might be to, you know, to work with you, to purchase your book. It might be to invest in a cause that is near and dear to your heart. It might be to take an action in their life that they've been scared to take, but it's being able to meet them where they are, know their needs and help them take the next step. So as business owners, We really want to look at speaking in three different categories. And when you can look at speaking through that lens and be able to say, how does it fit into my business? You can make decisions that will work for your business and not just for your ego, because there's a lot of that involved with speaking that if we can get up on this stage or we can have access to that platform, then we finally made it. And none of that matters. So with speaking, your, your main goal for speaking should be one of three things, either one to build your, to increase your influence and really raise brand awareness to be seen as the go-to person in your industry. This type of speaking is normally unpaid and you're doing this to fast track your authority. So maybe you're saying, you know what, this next year, I'm going to launch that program I've been talking about for three years and But nobody knows me as the person to do that yet. So I'm going to dedicate time to showing up and being seen as the expert on this. That would be tier one speaking. Now, side note, one's not better than the other. I just don't know how to name things. So they're one, two, and three. (laughs) So this (laughs) is not not the best at that. I can speak, can't name anything. So the, the second type of speaking, this is more for conversions. So you're the person who in your business, people already know you as the go-to on your subject matter. You've probably been doing this work for a while. You're pretty established, but you're at a place where you have specific products and services that you want to get into more people's hands and you want to speak to convert new sales. So that means you want to be getting in front of your ideal clients, overcoming their objections and moving them back into your offers. And that type of speaking is what most of us as business owners are focused on because we want to use speaking to scale our business. And this is where we get a little tripped up um, because a lot of us see speaking and we only see tier three, which is more of the professional side of speaking where you're not focused on a conversion, you're getting paid up front for your time, you're coming, you're over delivering, and your end goal is to one, create a transformation for the audience, but to two, turn that one speaking engagement into three more speaking engagements. And it's when you can start to look at these opportunities and say, okay, well, why am I doing this? And if hopefully the answer is more than just for vanity, Um, And if you can see how it will fit into your business, whether it's to increase your brand awareness, to get more sales, or to add this extra stream of revenue, then it allows you to make those smart decisions and figure out 
well, where should I be speaking? What should I be speaking on? And what should actually go in that talk? Yeah, I love that. I love the way you broke down the the three different like reasons, just because I feel like so many people are like, oh, you know, I would love to speak. I would love to add that to my business, but they don't really necessarily like, you know, know those underlying reasons for why they want to do it. And I think there is a difference in, you know, like you were talking about, number one is, is building that, that brand awareness. So you may be speaking for free sometimes. And, 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 the, and the second one <laughs> is scaling your business. And I, I think so many times those get kind of mixed a little bit. Um, and people don't really have that defining, like, oh yeah, I really want to convert people, use this to scale my business versus I really just want the awareness of my brand and to, to be that expert. So I'm glad that you clarified the difference between those, because I think that gets mixed up a lot. And I think if you know your end goal, it makes it a whole lot easier to find the right places to speak and the right audiences to get in front of and prepare the right talks and, you know, all of those things. So I'm glad that you clarified on that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's just heartbreaking when you see what I don't want you to do is make decisions based on emotions where you're like, here's an opportunity I'm going to put in for this. I'm going to pitch the organizer or they reached out to me even better. And I'm going to make the decision based on if it sounds cool or not (laughs) versus if it's going to work for my business, because even something as simple as the biggest mistake hands down I see is, is for people who say they want to make conversions and they, but they're selecting their speaking opportunities based off of brand awareness. So meaning let's say you're, um, you're a social media manager and you work specifically with realtors and you're like, I'm going to go speak at conferences and I'm going to get new clients and a conference comes across your desk and they're asking you to speak on social media and you say yes, before you ever ask any questions and you show up and it's a room of dentists. Those are not your ideal client. You're not, it doesn't matter how good your offer is. They're not going to convert because it's not for them. And by being able to ask yourself those questions of how will this impact my business and how will I impact this audience, you can make those decisions and spend your time on the people you've actually been called to serve. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. So any quick tips for, let's say they've decided, okay, this is why I want to speak. I'm going to do this. I'm going to add this to my business. Do you have some like just quick little bits of advice for preparing your talk? Like what are those, those things they need to know? I know, you know, it can range a lot, whether you're giving like a 15 to 20 minute thing or a whole keynote or whatever. So I know there's a, a, a couple big discrepancies depending on what they're doing, but do you have just any like general tips for preparing? 100%, a hundred percent. So in my, like we have a coaching program called the speaking strategy Academy. And whether it's in that or in my one-on-one work with clients, I, it's the same exact process. I'm going to take you through the exact same thing. So, um, we do all questions. We never look at a talk outline at all until it's time to put the pieces together. So I literally just ask questions and then we plug and play them in. So there are very, very, very specific things you need to know. You need to know who your audience is. And so this is why it's really important to ask these questions before you say yes to an event, because you won't be able to answer these questions. <laughs> so you need to know who the audience is. What are they going through right now? What are they struggling with? What are they hoping for? What do they want? And how are you equipped to help them either solve that problem or achieve that goal? Once we know that, then you can start to break down. Why are you the person to be talking about this? What are the things that you've observed in your industry related to this that you can really start to build that proof of concept that there's a problem that needs to be solved or a goal they want to achieve? Um, And then you can start to ask, what are the objections somebody has about this? Why haven't they achieved it yet? Or why haven't they fixed the problem yet? And making sure we address those in the presentation. And then in quick three points, how can you help them take a step towards that transformation? How can we leave them better than we found them? And I know a lot of times it can be really overwhelming and there's so much stuff we could shove into our talk. We are smart, savvy business owners, and we have a lot of information to share. Um, 
So my favorite way to be able to make sure your talk is impactful and concise is um, we just call this the billboard statement exercise. And I basically, no, it sounds weird with COVID now, but let's just pretend that didn't happen and we were allowed to be around people. Okay. So just bear with me. <laughs> but let's say it's New Year's Eve in Times Square and it's packed body to body. I know like even saying that right now feels weird. It's like packed body to body in Times Square <laughs> and everyone in Times Square are your ideal clients. Yeah. The people who pay for your services that you know in and out, they're all there and you have an opportunity to put up a billboard on one of those giant neon signs, but you can only put one thing on that. So if there's only one thing that you could say to your audience to speak life to them, to inspire them, to take action, to drive them, to create change, what are you going to put on that billboard? And it's from that billboard message that you can decide, okay, what's the story that I need to tell that's going to support that statement. And everything else is built from that. The entire talk comes from that one little billboard sign, because that'll be the line that we use to build the case. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's such a good little exercise. And I love that you, you started out and you were like, we don't even do an outline. We just ask all these questions first before we put the pieces together. Because I think I know when I started, I, I didn't have this information. I just Googled like, how do I start speaking? Right. Um, and you know, you get all of those like template outlines of how to prepare your talk and all this stuff. And the outline to me just seems so like overwhelming because if it you're is. sitting down and you're trying to do an outline and you don't have the answers to all of those questions that you just said, how are you ever going to really actually build an outline? To me, I'd rather just like literally start trying to write the talk and struggle through doing that than have to sit down and do an outline that I'm also going to struggle through, right? Yeah, we, it's because the way that you process your information is not going to be in the same order that you need to tell it to your audience. And it creates a huge conflict internally when you're trying to write it. So like for us, we give them one document to fill out. That's just the questions. And then they can open the out. They're not allowed to open the outline until they do the questions. Now, granted, most of them probably, they probably do. They probably jump to the outline. <laughs> That's fine. They're making it harder for themselves, but they write it all and then they can copy and paste it into the right sections of the outline because it is, it's the way that you would ask yourself these things. It's not the same order that you're going to have to tell your audience because you got to take your audience on a journey. They're not ready for steps one, two, and three, if they don't believe that thing's possible for them yet you know, we've got to take them on this journey. I love that. Yeah. I, that to me, it just, that makes it so much easier. Like the way that you structure it and getting through the questions and then that billboard statement exercise. I love that. And then building the outline and the talk from there. I think that makes it so much easier. And to me, I think if you can put something into steps like that, it always makes it more simple, right? Like it's so much easier to follow when you're like, okay, I am on step one and I cannot move to step two until I complete step one. So I like that. That was very, very helpful. Thank you. So now let's say they've got the talk. They're ready. They got this. Um, what about pitching? Like, what does that look like? What? Okay. So good first, pitch versus bad pitch. Like, love. Yeah. I love that you asked about the talk first because that is like the biggest mistake everybody makes with they start pitching for places before they write the talk. Right. And it's really hard to write a good pitch if you don't know what's in your talk. So right. like, yeah. you're already dead on the money of write the talk first. That's a good point. I'm glad you pointed that out. That is a very good point. Yeah. Well, everybody's like, well, just tell me how to get more opportunities. I'm like, well, you're just going to send a bunch of really bad pitches if you don't write your talk first. <laughs> because once you take the time and you do that exercise, especially if you do the billboard statement exercise, it is crystal clear how you are leaving the audience better than you found them. Like, you know, you know exactly how they're going to walk out of that room. And that's what you want to be able to convey in a pitch. When you are reaching out to somebody, there is this pressure to, to try to look the best, you know, to be the coolest and talk about how awesome we are. And the reality is organizers don't care about that at all. They care about the, the difference you're going to make for that audience. How are you leaving them better than you found them? What do you know about those people and being able to send the pitch over and show them here's exactly what this experience is going to be like. This is, and I always like you have, I always say to write your three T's. It's essentially just your, the title of your talk, 
what that topic is. So like a brief description and three to five audience takeaways. And when you can have those things ready to go at any minute's notice, you're ready to fill out an application. You're not going to bookmark it for six months and come back to it. (laughs) You're, you're ready to go. And that lets the organizer know, Hey, this person's put in the time. They, they, they know how to serve this audience. They're going to show up and deliver value. And we want to do whatever we can to give them a taste for what it's like when we are on that stage and we are pouring into those people. So instead of saying like, I'm so awesome, here's all the places I've spoken at, (laughs) you wanna say, I know that this is the experience you wanna create for your audience and this is how I'm going to do that in my presentation and realize that you are partnering with that organizer in this because every time you have a speaking engagement, you don't have one client, you have two the person who's booking you and the audience you're speaking to. And you need to be able to speak to both of them in that pitch. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. I love that you pointed out, like, they don't care where you've spoken at in the past and all all. those things, because I think that's what we hear, right? Like figure out how to make yourself look better and position yourself as the expert. And, and you need to be on podcasts and go speak at other events and, you know, do things for free if you have to, just to get some things on your list that you can mention in your pitches. But the truth is nobody cares about that stuff. So I love that you said that because I think that's even just in getting pitches like for this show, like to speak on the show, you know, you get these emails that are a mile long and it's like, Oh, I've been on these 30,000 podcasts and they link every one of them. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm not going to go listen to you on other podcasts. Like, I don't have time for that. It's like, but what do you know about my people? Exactly. And what, what value are you going to bring to them? Yeah. To me, that's I'm like, good. to me, I'm like, if you send me a pitch and you've been on like 30 different podcasts and you can link all of them and some of them are even big shows, but you can't spell my name right. That's going to be a no from me. Like it's in my email address. How did you miss that? So to me, it's like those little things, like you were talking about, just making sure that you're focusing on the audience and the transformation and getting that like basic information, like the title of your talk in there. I think that's so much more important than, you know, the showy, like, oh, look what I've done. Look at me kind of stuff. I think it goes back to kind of what you were saying about speaking in the beginning about the ego and taking that part. There's out a of lot it. of it. Yeah. And if you're going to embark on the speaking journey, you're just going to constantly have to check it at the door. Always. Yep. I've been doing this for 15 years almost now. I still have to check it at the door all the time. It just comes with the territory. I'm mean, always tell my students that, you know, every time we grab a microphone, whether it's virtually or in person, like your audience automatically puts you up on this pedestal. Right. Yeah. And it's our job to kick that thing over and make it a level playing field because if your audience doesn't feel like they can approach you, there's no way they're going to come ask for your help and hire you. Absolutely. So if you want to make those deep connections, you just constantly got to check the ego and kick the pedestal. I love that. Yes. Yes. I love that so much. Oh, so good. But with, with the pitches, I would say what's What's not so important are all the amazing places you've been, but what is important is being able to show proof of concept with your content. So if you're saying that I'm going to deliver this amazing presentation that's going to get you on the first page of Google with SEO, I am clearly not going to deliver that presentation because I don't know anything about that. But let's (laughs) pretend that I do. I have, maybe I've never spoken before, but I can link them to some incredible articles that I've written or some um, video content I've created. That is more important than a big name feature because that's giving them a taste of what's in your talk. Very cool. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that a lot. This is so good. I feel like <laughs> I can just nerd out about this. Oh my gosh. Time. If you're listening and you're not taking notes, like what are you doing with your life? Like get out <laughs> the book. Jessica's dropping some bombs over here. It's so good. Oh, and I feel like I could keep you all day. So I'm, I'm like, okay, what, what do I need to ask her next? Because this could turn into like an all day seminar. Um, I won't let it, I promise. But um, so let's say, you know, they've got the talk, they've got that down, they've got the pitches, they're sending them out. Who are they sending them to? How are they finding these speaking engagements? Because I, I know so many people who they've got that, that one thing they could talk about. It's so good. And they're so ready and they can pitch themselves. Like they're just amazing at it, but they have absolutely no idea how to find 
these speaking engagements or summits or conferences or whatever until it's like too late and they found out about mm -hmm. the conference because it's already over. So mm -hmm. what's your advice there for, especially if you're just starting out for finding those, those right engagements for you? Okay. I'll tell you how to find one right now. <laughs> Open your phone. <laughs> no, for real. You can do this instantly. Um, I, okay. So first thing we got to do is understand that speaking can mean anything, right? This is stages, virtual presentations, podcast interviews, collaborations. Now we got clubhouse, like yeah. speaking means everything. And once you can let go of the vanity of speaking on a stage in front of thousands of people, I've done that too. It's totally fine, but you can broaden your view of speaking and double down on what works for you. It's a lot easier. So start with the easiest things you can get and just double down. I again, turn one into three. That's always the goal. One into three more. That's, I mean, I went from zero presentations to talking to 15,000 people in two years. There like you it's go. Just turn one into three, just keep turning one into three. So my first thing I would say, well, I'm going to assume that it doesn't really matter what tier you're in. You can do the same exercise. So I know we can make this super complicated um, and feel like we have to go find some special database where all the secret events are hidden and you don't have to do that at all. <laughs> the most important thing you need to do is keep showing up and letting people know that you're a speaker and you're available to be booked period every single week, reminding people that you're available to be booked because you have to remind them because you can be booked speaking in front of hundreds of people on a stage and somebody in the audience will ask you afterwards, do you do these types of speaking engagements? Could I like bring you in to my school? It happens. You yes. have to remind people you're available to be booked. So the easiest thing you can do right now is just start creating a list of where your people are, whether it's for building brand awareness or for making those conversions, open your phone, go to Instagram stories, pop up a question box and just ask your audience, what podcasts are you listening to right now that you're totally loving? Like I need, you can totally spin it as like, I need something new to listen to. What business podcasts are you listening to right now? And now you have an entire list of people to reach out to an entire list. Um, same thing you can do of what events are you planning on? Well, yeah. <laughs> like, <In the> future. <laughs> what conferences are you going to, but I also like to expand that. And you could just cycle this through every week with a new question of like, are you a part of any masterminds or communities, groups like that? Are you on any boards? Um, do you volunteer with any nonprofits depending on your industry and where you speak? It, they literally do the research for you because if you're paying people, your engaged following are hanging out in those groups, other people just like them probably are. And it's the easiest way to get access to your people. Another thing is, as we're looking at the way events are shifting and a lot of stuff being moved online right now, I, I just record, just interviewed somebody earlier this morning about virtual events. So this is top of mind for me. Um, but a lot of the, those large events that maybe before we would have wanted to pitch are probably not going to happen next year or this year or however long. So what I want you to start to think about is less of the events themselves and more of the leaders. Who are the people who are leading an engaged large community? The people who've been showing up even when things were hard and pouring into them because those are going to be the people who start popping up and hosting their own events. Those are going to be the people that start leading things in a different direction. And if you are connected with them and they know that you actually speak, you're going to be top of mind. Um, but when it comes to being seen as the go-to person, it's, it, it is a bit of a numbers game, but more importantly, you have to think from an organizer's perspective when they're creating their lineup, whether it's for a summit, for collaborations, for an in-person event, they're thinking, this is the transformation I want to create for my audience. This is the problem they're going through. This is why they're going to invest to buy a ticket. And this is how I want them to leave when they're done. And when they do that, they say, okay, in order for that to happen, I need them. I need speakers who can talk on this, this, and that. They're not looking for who is the most popular person I know. <laughs> They're looking for who is the subject matter on X. And the more you can stay in your lane and be seen as the person who can solve the problem of 
insert your subject matter, the more likely you are to be top of mind. And that's going to help you be in a position where you're getting more incoming requests than spending a bunch of time sending outgoing pitches. And that's what I want for you. I want you to be the in-demand speaker, not the person who's tracking 50 pitches a week. I love that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Cause I think we'd all want to get to that place where we're doing basically no work in terms of pitching and still getting all of these engagements. So I think that's the goal for everybody that's doing speaking in any capacity. Right. So I love that that was kind of the lens that you ran it through. Um, cause I think that's, you know, it's very different if you're looking for engagements to constantly pitch all the time versus looking for engagements that are going to, like you said, turn one into three so that you don't have to spend all this time doing pitching. And I think that's the goal that most of us would want. We don't necessarily want to sit around wasting our time pitching. Um, so I like that that's the lens that you, that you put it through. Yeah. For example, say this episode goes live and I'm going to go share about it on social. I'm not just going to share about it. I'm going to share about it. And then I'm going to remind people I'm available to be booked. So say, you know what? And if you're a podcast host and you're looking for somebody to speak to your audience about scaling their business with speaking, shoot me a DM. Let's get it on the calendar. Simple as that. Yep. Use your connections, remind people you speak. And then when you have an opportunity, maximize it. Yeah. I think the easier you can make it for people to book you and say, yeah, like, I'd love for you to come do it. The easier it's going to be for you to actually get bookings, right? Like that seems so like, duh, common sense. People don't see you speaking. If you're not showing up on Instagram stories, you're not creating video or you, if you're not actively, if you're not showing up when no one is handing you a microphone, no one is going to hand you a microphone. Ooh, so yes. You've got to be the one to do that work because say it again. Like, I didn't <laughs> I didn't start doing all those speaking engagements because I was so cool. I was the last person you wanted to bring into somewhere. <laughs> I was I was not the person you'd bring in, but I I understood the value and I was able to show that. And if you can stop focusing so much on am I enough? Is my story enough? Do I know this enough? Whatever enough it is for you. And just focus on when those people walk in the room, they are dealing with this. And when they leave the room, they have overcome whatever, or they're able to do whatever they understand, whatever you're going to be light years ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, this is so good. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it so much. These are such good tips. So I think we'll probably put a pin in it there because you've yeah, given a so, lot. Sorry, so much good it. advice. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> oh, if I were sitting here, like taking notes, I feel like I'd have a whole notebook full because that was <laughs> so good. So good. But I love how easy that you made everything, um, and just made it seem like, okay, you know, do your talk. Here's some tips for doing that. Here's your pitches. Like here's some tips for that. Now go turn one into three over and over and over and over again. So you don't have to pitch anymore and make sure that you're just showing up and reminding, reminding them that you want to be booked. It's that simple. And I think, you know, if you Google, how do I start speaking? It's not that simple. It's not, it's not so much over information overload, like constantly. And there's like templates and checklists and all of this stuff. And that's unfortunately what I did when I got into speaking. So I wish I had had this episode and had you to guide me back then, but Um, I think it can be simple. And I think any, anybody who has actually gotten booked for an event and has started speaking and really does this as part of their business or does this for a living, they can tell you that there's an easier way and that, that it can be simple. But when you're at that starting point and you don't know how to get into it, it looks so daunting. So that's why I was really excited to bring you on and just like simplify that process and show everybody that you know, even if it's not on a big stage in front of 10 or 20,000 people, like this is how you show up for a podcast, or this is how you, you know, like you said, we've got clubhouse now, or just like doing like a little Instagram live with somebody else or whatever. Like you can absolutely add speaking to your business in some capacity that's going to help you grow your brand or help you grow your business or help you do whatever it is that that end goal is for you. And it doesn't have to be hard. It's really not. It's, I mean, we, we break it all down into 
a four part framework. That's it. Four, four steps. And you just got to figure out the message. You write the talk, then you position it for profit, making sure you're marketing it well, and you share it with the world. It's, it's, it's it. That's it. There's four, four parts. That's it. I love it. I love it. Oh, well, this is so good. I don't, I literally don't want to let you go. Like I just want to dive into this <laughs> all day with you. Um, but since it's the end of the episode, let's dive in to the rapid fire round. This is just some fun little questions we use to close out the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> what is your favorite part of your morning routine? Coffee when everyone is sleeping. <laughs> it is hands down. I have two little kids and my fiance also works from home. So we're all in my house 24 seven. I get up yes. before everyone else. <laughs> And the quiet coffee is my favorite. There you go. There you go. I feel like we have so many coffee drinkers on the show. And so it's, there's always like, oh, I do coffee before my morning run, or I do coffee with my journal, or I do coffee just to get some peace and quiet. And so we have so many coffee drinkers. So I love it. <laughs> it's funny. It's I, I used to be the person who like my, my business ran on coffee and now it's not, I'd have one cup in the morning and that's it. But the, just thinking back to all the seasons with little kids where I was constantly reheating my coffee, knowing I can sit down and enjoy it start to finish in peace. It's gold. It's gold. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. What is the last book that you read? Um, what am I just finished? Uh, Atomic Habits. I had like, what words, Ooh, words, yeah. what is it? That's I really, really like favorites. That one. Oh, I love I it. I really liked it. I feel like that was a really good book to start off the new year. Oh yeah. So good. So good. I love it. I love any book about habits, but I think that's, that's like one of my favorites for sure. It's very good. Change your life. <laughs> <laughs> what is something that you are looking forward to in this upcoming season? So personal or business, but something you're excited about. I am on a health journey right now. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I actually have a coach, a call with my health coach right after this, but I, over the last year, I developed alopecia and I'm losing my hair. Um, I have an autoimmune disease that I didn't know I had. Um, and I am like committed this year to being the like healthiest version of myself. And instead of, I, I think it's been very easy to like put myself on the back burner and just operate in business and take care of our clients. And this year I am just so excited to figure all the things out and just take care of myself. I've like, I'm getting old when I'm like really <laughs> excited to take care of myself. <laughs> Love it. I think that's so important though. And, and I'm like you, I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta start like, focusing okay. on that before <laughs> it's too late to focus on that, you know? Yeah. So I get that. I feel that very deep in my bones. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a good thing to look forward to though. For sure. It is. I'm very, very happy. Yeah. What is one tool or platform or whatever that you use for business that you just recommend to everybody. You love it. Click up all day. Our okay. whole business runs in click up. I am hearing uh, so much about click up lately and <gasps> I'm a Trello person. Um, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh no. It's so pretty, but I, I just, my, um, no, I, I think it's very, I used to use Trello too, but we, I, I love ClickUp because it, it just integrates with all of our stuff. Right. It integrates with everything. We have so much that's automated and it's just, it's very good for team collaborations that everybody at a glance can see what's going on. And I'm not a systems person, but Annie, I will use whatever she wants. She's my right hand gal. And I don't care if she <laughs> told me platform tomorrow. I would just do it. Whatever she wants, I'm going to do it. <laughs> but for us, it's ClickUp. I love it. I love it. It's good to have somebody in your business like that, that you trust that much. Like I know, whatever she wants, I'll do whatever she wants. <laughs> She's my I boss <laughs> pretty much. I love it. That's so good. Yeah. I'm going to, I've looked into clip click up, but obviously not enough because I keep, but if it's it. working, don't change it. That's like, true. If what you that have is, is working. Don't change it. No, don't. Don't. That's true. If that's something's broken, that's why we had to move away from other things because we couldn't 
assign specific subtasks and automate processes and stuff. But if it's working, don't change it. Yep. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm -mm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Last rapid fire question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Always be the smallest person in the room. Hands down. Oh. I did always. I, in the very beginning of my business, I did a year long mentorship with John Maxwell. Oh, wow. And yeah. And I don't remember half the stuff he told me <laughs> at all, like none of it. But I will never forget him drilling home the fact that you should always, you know, always surrounding yourself with people who are bigger, faster, smarter, that the second you're in a room where you feel like you're top dog, you're in the wrong room. And that's, you're never going to push yourself to support people and serve people in the capacity you could if you're not challenged yourself. So mm. I'm always striving to be the smallest person in the room and yeah. Oh my God. That's one of my favorite pieces of advice. I, I literally say all the time that and I've always just said it. I want to be the dumbest person in the room. <laughs> you know, like that doesn't sound as pretty, I guess, but, um, and my husband does not get it. He's like, why would you want to be in a room that makes you feel stupid? And I'm like, because if you're at the makes bottom, you, you have the most room for growth, right? Like you have the most places to go because you're at the bottom. Like you're, you're the one that knows the least. Right. And so I'm, I'm like you, I'm always aiming to do that. So I love always. that advice. So good. So good. Mm. All right, Jessica, tell everybody where they can find you. How can they work with you? Where do you hang out online? Where do you want them to go? Yeah, I'd love to kind of to chat with you guys, hear what you liked about this episode. So come hang out with me over on Instagram. It's just Jessica Razzle. I'm super easy to find. Um, but shoot me a DM. Tell, tell me you listened to this episode and just let me know like what your billboard statement is. And I will send you back some tips for how to pitch that talk to places. Like I, I love it. And if you were like, I didn't get the billboard exercise, just message me that you need it. And I'll send you a link where you can go through that whole exercise for how to craft your billboard statement. But if you are loving this kind of content and you want to nerd out about speaking on a weekly basis, I would highly recommend just come listen to us over on the Speak to Scale podcast because we're chatting, speaking all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And we will link all of that in the show notes. So you guys, if you're listening and you want to add speaking to your business, Jessica's giving out free tips, like take her up on it. She knows her stuff. Go follow along because I know you're going to love her. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. I, it's, oh gosh, so many good gems in this episode. So many tips that you never would have been able to find on Google. So I just appreciate you so much just giving your time and sharing all of this wisdom that you've accumulated and just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for having me and, and for allowing me to pour into your listeners. That's it for this time. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at femalesonfirepodcast.com to grab bonus content from our guests, support the show, or grab your Females on Fire swag. If you loved this episode, give us a quick shout out on Instagram by tagging at Females on Fire. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a brand new episode to keep you fired up for those big dreams.